podcast, a perfectly passable China Africa podcast, broadcasting from the heart of Global China Africa Research, Washington D.C. I'm your host, Winslow Robertson. I will be joined by the tragic Dr. Nkemjika Kalu. Dr. Kalu, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? You know, I don't really have a horse in that race, but I do secretly want Richard Sherman and the Seattle's. Um, Seahawks, is that right? Yes. To to uh, walk away with this one, I think it'll be good for them. Uh, uh, understandable, understandable. Are are you going to be watching the game at all? Um, that's the plan. I haven't decided where yet, but the plan is to watch the game. Perfect, perfect. All right. Today's episode is brought to you as always by our two sponsors, Africa Development Jobs and the Africa Daily. African Development Jobs, a site run by Nino Duro, seeks to connect development workers with professional development resources and work opportunities in Africa. On a quest to help diversify development, it highlights the voices and issues of Africans and the diaspora in the field. It is also the best site for finding employment in the development field in Africa that I know of. The Africa Daily is an online communications platform that provides the most up-to-date journalistic and academic information on China-Africa relations. The forum incorporated in the website also facilitates the cultural and informational exchange among the diaspora communities in major Chinese and African cities. We wrapped up China-South Sudan relations with last week's episode, so now we're returning to our original modus operandi of wildly changing topics from week to week. I'm pleased that this episode will have us talk with a historian about China-Africa affairs. Mr. Liu Xiaonan is a PhD student at Michigan State University who is looking at the history of the Chinese diaspora in Ghana. Honestly, his PhD research topic is what I wanted to do when I was thinking of getting a PhD, so I'm a little jealous of the man, just a little. Xiaonan, Happy New Year! Hi, Happy New Year! What did you do for Spring Festival? Yeah, I think uh, for the. For the festival, I spent most of, of my time here to reading all the books and finish the paper that is due the next week. Yeah, but I I still have some uh, dumplings with my wife here, so it's it was pretty good. Where is here East Lansing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm in East Lansing now. Okay, fantastic. And could you tell our listeners a little bit about the holiday? Yeah,、uh, the Chinese New Year is like you know,、um, it's like a time you know for the Chinese to the family to get together, and usually you know all the Chinese people, no matter where you are, you need to you know go back to your home you know to your parents. And、uh, so that you could, you know, the, all the family should、uh, stay together, and、uh, we will all watch、uh, the gala by the the CCTV. So that is really、uh, what we do, and we will also、uh, make the dumplings and then eat it. Oh, that sounds that sounds perfect. Yeah, the the CCTV gala is is a TV show, correct, or a TV program. Yeah, it's a TV show, and it is、um, uh, broadcast uh, every year on the eve of the Chinese New Year. Perfect, perfect. Well, Shannon, how are your studies coming along? Are there any articles or projects that you are working on that you would like to share? 
Uh, I think now my studies are still in the coursework stage. So I did a lot of uh, coursework in African history, anthropology, and world history. And in the last summer, I went to Ghana for some field work, and I carried uh, on a project to find out how the uh, the Ghanaians perceive the Chinese people there. And I found that project quite interesting because uh, I find that there is quite a sharp difference between the, you know, the perception, you know, from uh, the the mass media and that from uh, the local people. Because when I check the sources from the Telegraphic, which is like the most popular newspaper in Ghana, and we can we kind of perceive Chinese people, especially the Chinese illegal miners, in a, a very very negative way. However, when I interviewed uh, the local people, okay, they found the Chinese people quite helpful, especially in helping them to develop their economies. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 really interesting. Well, that's something we're gonna kind of delve into. Uh, a little later in the show, but uh, that sounds real neat. How long were you there in in Ghana for for some of that research? Uh, I I I was there for about uh, one month or so. So yeah, I hope I could stay there for a longer time. But you know, uh, I can only get a visa granted for the thirty days. So I have <laughs> I had to go back to China. But I plan to uh, to go there in in this summer. Perfect. Perfect. All right, well, today's episode will have Xiaonan discuss his research, China-Africa history as a whole, and being a Chinese student studying African history in the U.S. Xiaonan, please tell us about your research. Uh, I mean, how and why did you choose this topic? Was there anything in your background that attracted you to it? Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of a long story because, you know, when I came here as a Chinese student here in uh, in the U.S. to study African history. So at first, when I was an undergrad, I, I was kind of, you know, interested in the history of the slave trade. But when I came to the States, I, I found that um, it is kind of, you know, because I I am a Chinese people, so I think I should uh, draw on my my language skills, and also I'm learning Qi, so I think I could uh, draw on my language skill, and also I find now there are more and more Chinese people who are going to Africa, and uh, so I I think this is going to be a cutting edge area for African studies. And as a Chinese national, I, I think I should uh, uh, do the work. Wow, good for you. I, I, I agree. I mean, with, with those sort of language skills, you, you can really do a, a lot of damage, as, as it were. Yeah, um, Shannon, you mentioned that you're learning Tui. Now, is this at Michigan State? Um, yes. Wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit more about Tui and I know where it's from, but our least our listeners probably don't. Can you tell us a little bit more about Tui and why you're studying it and how you um, intend to use it for your research? 
Yeah, uh, I find Tui uh, very useful. In fact, if we pronounce, uh, you know, in Tui, in fact, it should be pronounced as Tui. So uh, wait, when I can... wait, 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 yeah. Tui, like, like, how am I supposed to say it? Yeah. So uh, if if a uh, Ghanaian people say Tui, it should be pronounced as Tui. Tui, 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 Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So when I first came here to uh, Michigan State, you know, I can choose to learn one of the African languages, and uh, because I, 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 I used to do uh, the research on Ghana when I was a master uh, in Peking University. So I think. I will continue to study um, the uh, the Ghanaian language, and uh, I think uh, here I have learned Chi for one year and a half, and I have a um, a Chi instructor uh, who is from uh, Kumasi in Ghana, and he has been here for uh, twenty or thirty years, and he is uh, a pretty a good instructor. And uh, um, when I learned Chi, you know, uh, and when in the last summer when I went to Ghana, I found Chi, you know, is really really uh, very helpful uh, to conduct um, uh, the research because I find it's not quite enough to talk to uh, the local people, you know, in to talk uh, very deeply. But I can, you know, talk to them to just, uh, you know, to greet and to introduce uh, myself. And they are all very happy to see a foreigner to talk to them in Chi. And they, they think I'm talking in their language, which they, found, which they are uh, very fond of. And that kind of helped me to, you know, to, uh, to stay in close touch with uh, the local people. Fantastic. Wow. Gosh darn. So, Xiaonan, drop some tui on us. Can, can you wish us a happy new year or maybe mourn Ghana's loss to Libya in the Africa Nations Championship final? Oh, yeah. I think I can just, uh, I can see a uh, uh, happy new year in Chi. It's uh, Afi Nsiapa. Afi Nsiapa. Okay. And, and Tui, it's, it's a tonal language, correct? Yes, yes, it's a tonal language. It's because I, when I'm uh, starting Tui, I find, you know, in grammar and in tone, sometimes I find Tui and Chinese kind of share uh, some similarities, yeah. Can, can you give our listeners who maybe don't know Chinese or don't know Tui, some examples of, of what we mean by tonal language and, and some of the sort of grammar kind of patterns that you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I think uh, regarding the tonal, the tone, uh, because in Chinese we have like four uh, tones in, in, in Mandarin. So it's like, for example, for uh, my surname is uh, Liu, 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 and Liu. So we have four tones. And uh, in Qi, we have at least uh, two tones. For example, when I see uh, uh, maso and mason, so it's kind of very, uh, very, I, 
I still find the tone of tree very hard for me to master. So I'm still in the process of learning the language. That that's fascinating. You know, for a lot of、um, foreigners learning Chinese, a, a lot of English-speaking foreigners who who learn、uh, Mandarin, they have problems with the tones. And so, generally, what some of us do is we just speak it really, really, really fast, and hope、yeah. nobody cares about the tones. Does that work、yeah. in in Tui? Yeah, I think as long as you could know,、uh, because the Uh, the tone is is important, but as long as you could, you know, to know、uh, what you should say in the context, and I think then you could understand what they say. So I, I think you know、uh, the tone on one hand, and on the other hand is、uh, the context. I think that's that's really neat.、Um... And it's really amazing that you've actually taken that extra step of learning the language because that really does assist in fieldwork.、Um, you know, when you when you're in Africa, since you've started your research、um, and 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 your your I guess your really vested interest in Ghana, what's the most interesting or surprising thing about your topic that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah, I find one thing that is quite. Interesting within uh, uh, with regard to Chinese people in Ghana because when I read the memoirs or some uh, some uh, newspapers on Chinese people, especially the early ones like in the seventies and eighties, and I found that one of them、uh, she she was、uh, from Hong Kong and she went to Ghana together with. His husband in the seventies, and and later in the nineteen eighties, she was elected as a chief、um, in Ghana, and I found that you know very very interesting, because you know she was a she was a foreigner but she was elected as a local chief, so I think I might want to you know further to delve into.、Uh, This thing. Wow, that's so. It's really neat. Jeez. Yeah. Where was she elected chief? Do you know what what part of Ghana? What what um what state? Uh, I think she might be a chief in North, uh, North Aquapim. Yeah, but I also see you know she she、uh, she was in um a ceremony. Uh, in the area that she was, uh, um, uh, she was a chief, which is I think is near, uh, it's near Accra.、Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that is really really cool.、Uh, yeah. Could could you talk a little bit about your field and maybe how it connects to current China Africa relations? Yeah, I think for my field, especially Chinese people. In Ghana,、uh, I think especially because most of the Chinese people、uh, they went to Ghana after the two thousand. So with、uh, more and more Chinese people in Ghana, now there are many issues, especially、uh, the the issue of the illegal miners in Ghana, and it is kind of a very popular issue now. 
regarding the China Africa or China Ghana. So, you know, um, because when I did my my field work the last summer as a Chinese people, I can feel that, you know, because of so many illegal miners now in Ghana, when I work on the street of Accra, many people, the first question they ask me is, are you here to do the, uh, the illegal mining? So I find that, you know, really um, uh, 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 very amazing because, you know, I think maybe 20 years ago, if uh, Chinese people, they went to Ghana, they, may, they might just think, uh, they might just be viewed as uh, just like uh, other foreigners. But now when the Chinese people went to Ghana, they might be tagged as, you know, illegal manners. So I think this should be a big issue now that affecting the China-Africa relations. And I think it, now it's mainly more and more Chinese entrepreneurs and laborers were exported into Africa. Wow. I, uh, and, and just so our, our audience is clear, I mean, there's... There, there's a, a, a recent spate of, of illegal gold mining where yes. um, Chinese entrepreneurs would, would come to Ghana um, some t and, and work out a deal with usually a local chief and, and mine gold that's usually reserved for artisanal mining for people who just don't have industrial equipment. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a, a big scandal. But keep in mind, it's not something sanctioned by the Chinese government. It's not something that, like, um, like Sinohydro is saying, oh, we're going to do some Chinese yes. mining. For No, these are individuals, and it's a, a tough thing to balance in terms of the China-Africa relationship. There's an aspect of it that isn't, that is something the Chinese government doesn't actually want to happen. Yes, definitely. And, and definitely Chinese people like you who have no involvement in it don't want it to happen either. Yeah, I know. You know, when I was in Ghana, I need to, you know, carry my passports all the time because when I when we drove from Accra to uh, to Dongkwa, which is uh, the center of the gold mining area it took us about seven hours to Jeez, get there. Louise. Yeah and more importantly on the way you know our car was stopped by the uh, by the policeman like every every 20 minutes and you know when when they saw there was a Chinese people, I mean me, in the car, so he kind of liked me to show my passport, and he asked me whether I'm here to to do the like to do the illegal money. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, what did you do for those seven hours? Did you have like a MP3 player, or or did you read? Yeah, I think I just, uh, I was in the car and uh, I just, uh, you know, uh, I just uh, arrived there and the next morning I took the car uh, and go to, uh, go, go to the gold mining area. So I was pretty tired. So I think most of the time I was just sleeping. Yeah, but uh, because of the, uh, the police, so I had to stop, you know, like, Every thirty minutes, I need to wake up. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Um, Dr. Kalu, do you do you have any any questions? Um, 
I think that um, what your work is really interesting, and I think that as, as, as a fellow researcher, it's important that we continue to delve into the details of um, China-Africa relations, especially within the national context, because there hasn't been as much empirical research. As, as you said, this is becoming um, cutting edge, and so we're, in many ways, we're the information producers. Um, how do you think your work connects to a bigger and more um, macro view of current chi of of um, China Africa relations? How, um, what sort of lessons or what sort of insight are you getting that you think can help us better understand the bigger dynamics at play? Yeah, I feel that you know I I kind of want to put my research in. A larger time frame. I mean, you know, the the history of Chinese people in Ghana kind of date back from uh, the fifties, but this is like a, a history of uh, sixty years. But the the history of China African relation that it could date back to you know way back, like like uh, maybe two hundred years or three hundred years. So I kind of want to view this like. 60 years in a, a larger context, you know, to view the China-Africa uh, as a whole. And also we, with regarding to the, the, uh, the dynamic of current China-Africa relations, I think if we could, you know, know more about the history so that we could, you know, to provide uh, some lessons for the present. And I think, uh, you know, before the 2000, uh, the Chinese people in Ghana, most of them, they were from Hong Kong um, or Taiwan. And they kind of live peacefully with uh, the local people. And then after the 2000, with more and more Chinese people coming, so the, uh, the China-Ghana relation kind of get, you know, more, you know, they are more... Uh, conflict, so I kind of want to 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 delve into and uh, to find out how the relation changes over time. That's neat. That's really amazing, and I'm so happy to have met you, a colleague in our mm -hmm. field. Shannon, thank you. Yeah, I am so jealous of you. That's exactly what I wanted to do. That's exactly what I was thinking about for my own PhD. Ah. Oh, we can do it together, Winslow. <laughs> we, we can do it together, but no, I, that's wonderful research, and, and, and what you said is is fantastic, and, and, and the sort of stuff that you've done already, um, finding that, that chief, for example, I, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I look forward to, to following your career. Um, the last somewhat serious question, Xiaonan, you, you are Chinese, correct? Yes, that's correct. Would you like to share some of your experience as a Chinese student studying African history in the United States? Do you, do you think your experiences are unique? And feel free to say no to any of these questions. Hi. Um, I think my experience here is uh, it's not quite unique because I know some other Chinese students who are here learning African history or like other African studies. For example, my like my academic brother, um, Mr. Xu Liang, and he's now a PhD, uh, PhD candidate 
at Harvard in African history. And I think, you know, he will also have, he will also have some wonderful insights about China-African relations and uh, African history. And for myself, I feel, you know, as a Chinese student here studying African history, uh, I feel, you know, when I first came here, I, I did feel a lot of uh, pressures on me because although I learned something back in China about African history, but uh, the level of African studies in China was uh, much weaker than here in the States. So when I uh, went to the seminars and to discuss the questions with my um, Americans, uh, my American colleagues, and I really feel I kind of hard to join the discussion because of uh, the language, and also they have a much firm uh, the background. But I think after one year and a half now, I I feel uh, much better now. You know, I know about you know how to you know how to talk about African history in in the cinema uh, with other students. So I think. Yeah, making some uh, uh, some uh, progress. Yes. Wow. Well, is, is there anything else you would like to add before we go on to recommendations? Yeah, I think. Uh, let me see. Uh, African history, uh, and I think now uh, in my program, uh, I think. I, I I see some people from you know from the United States and also some from uh, African countries who study African history, and uh, I think I'm uh, the only Chinese student here at uh, MSU. I I think you know more Chinese students should come here to the United States to study to study African history, and uh, and you know not just uh, because. Uh, uh, the level of the program is much better than those in China, but because I find uh, the sources here in the libraries is wonderful. I mean, you know, there are many, you know, hard copies and uh, photographies and uh, wonderful maps here in MSU libraries. And I found all the collections regarding Africa here is really wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you have a little bit of an unfair advantage in that MSU is the best African studies program in the U.S., one of the best. I mean, I mean, you are a pretty bright guy just, just to get there. So, um, yeah, so it, very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, well then, we're, that's great to hear, and I'm going to make sure that whatever Chinese audience we have yeah. listens to your words and knows, hey, we should be doing some African history yeah. in the U.S. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fantastic. All right, let's go, let's go on to recommendations. Um, okay. Uh, Xiaonan, is there anything you would like to recommend for our listeners? Yeah, I think the first thing I want to recommend is uh, the gala of the Chinese New Year, which is held on the the eve of Chinese New Year, and I think you can find that on the website of CCTV. I think that is pretty good, and it is 
the representation of uh, the Chinese cultures. Yeah, and I think uh, second, my recommendation is about the you know Qi textbook, and and uh, we can find a lot of them on Amazon. And if you want to learn Qi, I, I think you can just uh, buy some of uh, some of those, and we can just you know to learn that from the beginning. And if you really want to go uh, go to Ghana, and uh, the Qi and the Qi textbook can really help you to uh, get closer to the local people. Which Tui textbook is your favorite? Uh, I think the Tui textbook that I found is called, yeah, I can't exactly recall the name. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I later sent uh, the, uh, the link to you so that hmm. I, you can know that. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. Thank you so 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 much. Anything else? Uh, nope. <laughs> All right, Dr. Kalu, you're up. Uh, I have two recommendations this week. The first one is an article um, on um, VentureBurn.com, and it's with regards to um, entrepreneurship in Africa and a major challenge that a lot of um, business starters face is isolation and lack of support and how that's something will need that'll need to be addressed in the future um, just to help businesses be more it's very very eye-opening and I appreciated that the second article I'm recommending is one that we tweeted a little bit about earlier this week so if you follow us on Twitter sorry for the redundance but it's really worth your time it's an article that's called um, China's Stadium Diplomacy and it's written by a Zambian um, by a Zambian student that's studying, good heavens, I want to say at MSU also, so go MSU this week. But um, <clears throat> it is um, a look at, um, at I guess, the, the Chinese trend of building big giant stadiums in African states, especially in Zambia, and how in some ways that has, the big shiny new toy has taken away from um, the, the respect and, and the idea of preserving the old stadium and some of the historical um, relevance that that had brought to the society. It's really quite interesting for a, fo for a football fan such as myself as well as um, a China Africa hist um, historian and, and um, well, I'm not really a historian but China Africa scholar. specialist scholar I'll, I'll that's call the you word. Um, yeah and it was quite fascinating and um, and touched home for me because Independence Stadium in Zambia, I got to visit when I was a young child, and um, has a very special place in my heart that um, is long is no more. But those are my recommendations. Once I pass the baton to you. <laughs> All right, terrific, terrific. Um, I'm going to recommend a YouTube video called Japan versus China in Africa, and it's by this dude. Uh, with a, I want to guess a Nigerian-sounding name, Akena Zuke, um, and it's it's for this um, video show called What's Up Africa, which is kind of like a, a an African daily show, and I'm pretty sure Dr. Kalu and I were talking about this very show like last week, um, as I was dropping her off on the metro, and this was something that we were actually going to maybe try and do on our own one day, but it's a it's a really 
funny, funny, funny video, really amusing, really well done, really well produced, talking about um, Japan versus China and Africa. There's one part of it that tweaked me, and, and I'll explain at a later podcast. But besides that, I, I do recommend it. It's a really a lot of fun, really good video. My second recommendation is, I'm going to say, Jian uh, Zhuang Bai Zhou. So, like, Bai Zhou is a Chinese spirit. Ah, I, I got oh, kind of like Saki. Um, I love this stuff. I love Bai Zhou. A lot of foreigners don't like it because it's got a interesting taste, but for me, it's it it, it goes down like butter. And Jian uh, Zhuang Bai Zhou, I think, is like the it, this is the baijiu that whenever um, people go to Chinatown and, and buy baijiu for like a nice event, this is the one they get. Uh, and, and the Chinatown in New York, sorry. It's, it's hard to get baijiu in the U.S., at least legally. I, and it, I mean, it's hard for me to f get it anyways. So for Chinese New Year, I had two shots of this stuff. And it, it, made, me, it made me, you know, kind of, kind of feel like I'm back. In, in my wife's hometown in China with, with all the family, watching the wonderful CCTV gala and, and, and eating delicious food. Um, and so just, just for giving me that memory of China, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend Jian Zhuang Baijiu. And um, I had uh, one last recommendation, but I haven't read through it all the way through myself, so I can't recommend something I actually haven't read through all the way myself, so I'm going to nix that. Um, so we're going to go, uh, but before we do, Shannon, how do people find you on the interwebs? Do you have a website or Twitter account that you would like to share with us? Uh, I think I have a Twitter, and I think uh, the, the username is just uh, my full name. Yeah. Yeah, so you, I think we follow each other on Twitter. I might not follow you because I just hit my 2,000 following limit, so I can't follow other people until I unfollow people so i'm gonna later on like try to knock out like 200 people that i'm already following and and, and put you on if i'm not following you already okay um, thank you and also your twitter account you don't have a picture on your twitter account get a picture okay i i, I think i just uh you know get back to twitter <laughs> no maybe one week ago <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, what about your, um, a, any other website or you, you would like to, to talk about or, um, uh, I think I, I think I have a website of my own. Uh, let me see which is that. Okay. I think it's just the website, just a shonanliu, uh, com. I think. Yeah. Dang, you have your own .com site? I don't even have that. I have a stupid blog see. spot. I, I'm not sure whether it's shonanliu.com or... I, I, I'm sorry. I love Blogspot. I love Google. Nothing wrong with that. But having your own .com is pretty impressive. Yeah, but it's uh, but I I don't have anything on that yet. I think I will start to upload some, some of my articles and uh, some pictures on that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I will, I, I will make sure people know, know about that. Um, okay. Dr. Kalu, how do people find you? I found on the interwebpress.com. Um, 
And I can also be found on calvarysrice.blogspot.com and on the Twitter sphere at the handle um, NCHEMECALI. And you were live tweeting the CSIS uh, Nigerian election event on Monday. Was that correct? I was. I've become quite a really good live tweeter. I didn't think I'd be able to do it because my fingers don't move that fast, you know, old age and all. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I've gotten I've gotten better at live tweeting events. Well, I, I'm, I'm. And that was really cool. That was what's up. Yeah, you, you got to be following Dr. Kalu. Her Twitter game gets better and better every week. And I was enjoy I was enjoying the the live tweets, I so I'd actually wanted to go to that event, but I had to drop my wife off at the airport, so I followed it through Twitter. So no, that was that was really cool. Um, as for myself, uh, I can be found at cowriesrice.blogspot.com. My Twitter handle is at Winslow underscore R. I I you know tweet China Africa stuff. I and and I also tweet, I kind of figured I also tweet just Africa stuff or just China stuff as well. So because of Chinese New Year, man, I was putting out a lot of pictures of, of Chinese New Year and, and, and giving some information about that. Um, I'm a, I am a fan of, of African uh, soccer, so as Ghana was, was, was going through the championship, I was, I was tweeting about that. So I have, a pretty, I have a pretty good, if eclectic, Twitter account. Um, but you should follow me nonetheless. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of it. Uh, today's episode is basically over. We would like to thank Xiaonan for joining us this afternoon um, from East Lansing when he had to pull him away from a wonderful lunch with his wife. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mrs. Liu. Uh, okay. We would like to thank African Development Jobs and the Africa Daily. Uh, this podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Still waiting for BlackBerry to get back to us. Um, and if, if you ever want to talk to us and say, hey, what about this? You should do this. We are listening. We are listening. So, so let us know what you think. Um, if you're on any of these digital media platforms, like us or recommend us or, or tell your friends about us. That is important, I think. Um, I'm not sure how, but it is, I've been told. So um, tell people how wonderful we are. Uh, we'd like to thank Mighty Michael Pulse Recordings for composing the theme song, and thank you, dear listener, for giving us your time. Take care. Mm-hmm.